through seasons. We go through as a family, as an individual. Sometimes it's summer, sometimes it's spring. Everything's lush and growing, and sometimes it's not. So struggles do come, seasons come, but seasons change. So you just hang in there in a seasonal change no matter what you're in. Now look, there's a principle with God. Now I know God can do what he wants. He's sovereign. He can do a miracle at any given moment, at any time. There's not a thing that God can't do. But God does have some principles. And God will lay things out, but he expects you to do stuff. He expects you to get involved. He does. He just does. In Genesis 2.15, it says this, and don't worry about it, Michael. It says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. He said, I got this unbelievable garden, but I'm going to place you in it, and you have a job. You have a job to tend it and to keep it. So God lays out promises for us. He gives us a tremendous garden to believe in and places us in it and calls us to act on it, believe in it. And if you don't, not much will happen in your life. It just won't. It really won't. They had to keep and tend that garden. And that's what God expects us to do. He expects us to do our part as much and as feeble as it seems at times. And that word tend means to work, to labor. Sometimes you have to work and labor and plow through situations. You just do. And God said, don't worry, I'll do my part. And so God's purpose, listen to this, for this church and for you as an individual or a family, God's purpose may be hindered or it may be accomplished depending on the obedience of the people and their willingness to use the weapons of spiritual warfare. Whether you really sit up straight and take notice and say, okay, I'm going to do this. If you do, you will have success. If you don't, you will have situations and problems. And maybe no moves of God. No real stirrings of God. God is powerful enough to win any battle. Any battle whatsoever. But he has designed things. Sometimes it seems that he releases his power at a given moment of time. Often depends on the decisions and actions of his people. It's the truth. Did not God say he will heal our land? Is it healed? Is God telling the heathen that? The heathen doesn't know this exists. The heathen doesn't know that promise is in there. It's the people of God. It's us. It's you and I. The example, God says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal their land. That's what God says. Now the principal weapon of spiritual warfare is prayer. It is. Not just routine prayer, mediocre prayer, repetitious prayer, a whispered prayer at night, like we might say, Lord, please take care of our children. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about a prayer powerful enough that will move God that nations can be changed. 
a different attempt at prayer, a different style, a different focus. And I am aware that most don't get this or most maybe don't want it. Yet James tells us the effective, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, fervent prayer, fervent, to boil with heat, I call, I call on the God of Jacob. Lord, we need you, we need you now. Will you believe in it? Fervent prayer, fervent means to boil with heat, to be hot. Availeth much means tremendous power. The sad thing is it tells us in Matthew that the Lord Jesus himself says he did not many mighty works because they don't believe. If you believe, you would storm heaven. just the truth, the plain truth, like Amy was saying, can we just stand before God and be absolutely truthful? Luke twenty two forty four says this, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. When things are piled up on top and more and more, you're to turn it up another notch in prayer. The enemy certainly is piling on. Our nation has lost it. Our nation is out of control. Morals are gone. Right and wrong is gone. And it's us who has to turn it up another notch. We do. And yet we feel like apathy is setting in to new hope. Told you for years, the pastor's job lots of times is to take the pulse of the church. Uh, don't take this wrong. I, I do like the holidays and the children, but man, it gets in the way of church's business. It's like the holidays are like eating a big turkey meal, and afterwards you're, you're just wiped out. We can't afford to be like that. We just can't. And being in, in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And a sweat wears great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Agony is a wrestling, a struggling for victory. Oh God, my God, I need you. Agony means mental struggles. And we know our nation's going through that now. People wigging out, getting mental, coming off their hinges. It means emotional anguish. And it's us, us who know better. Us who say, you know what? I'll do it. I'll sacrifice. I see it. Effective prayer must be fervent. It must be. It must be. The idea of fervent in this context it literally means this, very strong is the supplication of a righteous man. 
It's an extra effort. It's a sacrifice. Whatever it takes. In this modern age, it's true, in this modern age, we have uh, learned how to harness the power of an atom. But very few of us learn how to harness the power of prayer. Man, we could split an atom. It could do unbelievable things we never even thought existed. We didn't even know about an atom. And it's nothing to prayer, to seeking God, to locking arms. Oh, God, my God, I need you. You're the one who split the sea. I need mine open now. What hinders you? What hinders us? John Knox knew, man of history, we learned some about those months back. It says John Knox, whose prayers were more dreaded by Queen Mary of Scots than the armies of Philip. She was like, find him, kill him. She couldn't stand. She dreaded it when he started to pray against them. Jonathan Edwards prayed and revival came to Northampton where more than 50,000 joined the church. We don't believe that nowadays. We don't. We just sang a song. You're the same God. You're Jonathan Edwards' God. You're John Knox's God. You're the same God. Jeremiah 29 simply tells us, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the uh, Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go, go to a specific place, go to a group, and pray unto me. You shall go, go to that place, make an effort, just not just whisper, go, take time and go. Is what the Lord's telling us. And pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. He's the same God. Everyone here has this opportunity, has this privilege. Every one of us. You know, books on prayer are good, they are. In fact, I'm reading one now. It's called The Complete Works of E.M. Bounds on Prayer. Good book. But let me tell you something, they're not enough. It's not. Just like, like a cookbook. Cookbook is good, but it's hopeless or useless if you have no food to work with. It's the same with prayer. You can read all the books you want, the kingdom come. If you don't pray or you don't have any food, cookbook's no good. Take the eggs, break them, scramble them. You have no eggs. That's the way it is with prayer. Leonard Ravenhill said, we must learn to pray and we must pray to learn to pray. How'd you ever learn to ride a bike? I mean, you got on that thing, and man, your father was behind you. You hit the deck a number of times. It's the same with prayer. 
We must learn to pray. We must pray to learn to pray. We must get into this. Elijah, the Bible says, was a man skilled in the art of prayer. He altered the course of nature. Remember, he said, no more rain. Elijah, a man, a person, said, Lord, we don't want any more rain. Doing the work of God, involved in God, moved upon by God. And it rained not. No rain. He strangled the economy of a nation. He prayed and fire fell. He prayed and people fell. He prayed and rain fell. One man. One man. I'm nervous about our Wednesday. Because I know us as people. We're short 50-yard dash people. 100-yard dash people. We don't like that long 18-mile run. But that's what prayer is. And the longer it goes on, the more nervous I hope, fear that's going to peter out. And I am. Just telling you the truth. Amy started it. Do you have the heart to be a God chaser? To truly chase after God? Chase. Remember we talked about this years ago, maybe for a lot of you were here. Psalmist says in 63.8, my soul followeth hard after thee. Hard means to overtake. My soul wants to overtake you, God. I want to go in hot pursuit after God. You've all seen it. You've seen the policeman. We took a little trip down to Florida to check on some of Ruthie's sisters who aren't doing that well. Try to speak God into them. Drove down, taking our time, seen a trooper come up. All of a sudden, I seen that bad boy spin around way back there behind me, and I'm looking at my speed, and I'm, it can't be me. The next thing I know, boom, he was gone. He was in hot pursuit, and he caught who he was running after. That's what God says, do to me, be in hot pursuit. Come after me, and you will find me, and you will catch me. Jacob caught God. Remember, he wrestled with him all night. Jacob caught God, wrestled. God touched him. The problem with that, see, when we wrestle with God, we'll never walk the same. If you truly go after God like Jacob did, your walk will be different. Certain things won't be as important as they were. You'll start seeing, I don't, what? We spent so much time doing. God chasers. I don't know if any of us are acting like the woman with the issue of blood. Seriously, she probably elbowed and shoved her way. She probably was weak, losing blood all the time. You don't have strength very much. Trying to push aside all the onlookers. She was like, one thing and sure, I'm getting to that prayer meeting. I'm touching Christ. We don't have that, and we need it. The song says, I'm calling on the God of Moses. The one who opened up the ocean. Lord, I need you to do the same thing for me now. Is that in you? You have a huge roadblock? And the enemy pouring down on you? Would you come this morning and say, I call upon the God of Moses? 
I need you, I need you now. Everything is crumbling around me. Man, I don't know what you're facing today, but I'm sure you're facing something because you're human. And we're sinful people, and we live in a sinful nation that's crooked, and we face stuff all the time, all the time, bombarded. But the Bible tells us we know that all things work together for good. All things. To them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, not yours. His purpose. Man, God can turn some horrible things around. I heard a little bit of testimonies today about it. Horrible things. Only God, only Christ can shed blood and create life. That's what the cross did. How could you look at that cross and see what's going on and saying, this is good. There's no way. Use pain to bring healing. The Lord did. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. With his beating and his bruising and his chastisement. How can good come out of that? But my God can do that. The same God. He allowed injustice to satisfy justice. The kangaroo trowel, he went through it. Injustice to bring justice. Accepted rejection to restore, restore acceptance. How can he do stuff like that? He's the same God. He'll do it today. What are you facing? What is keeping you from going after God, from flipping them switches and throwing them lights on and tramping it? I'm going after God. What is keeping you from that? What? God says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He accepted rejection so you could have acceptance. My God, my God, I need you. Only the awesomeness of God can accomplish such feats. What are you facing? It's not going to destroy you. It won't. And who could use such an evil act as a crucifixion to accomplish so much good? Don't you find it fascinating that the serpent who accomplished his greatest victory upon a tree had his greatest defeat upon another tree? That's what God does. God says, watch this. You're staring at the collapse of everything, and God's saying, hang on, hang on, I'm the same God. Just watch what I do. This is how our God works. Listen to me, God can undo anything the enemy has done to you. Anything the enemy has done, God can undo it. I can't, God can. If you would just believe God, 
1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. Nothing weird. Your situation is not the worst. It's not the most weirdest. It's never happened before. It's not true. None of that is true. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. And he will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. You don't have to lose. You might choose to, but you don't have to. But will with that temptation also make a way of escape that he may, you may be able to bear it. It's crazy how quick we give up on God. The song says, oh God, my God, I need you. How about that lady that was pressing in? And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Not 12 weeks. Not 12 months. 12 years. And suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. almost came unglued when I heard that song yesterday, or last Sunday because it sings it again and it goes, oh God, my God, I need you now. Now, God. I do, Lord. I need you now. The Bible tells us in Leviticus for the life of all the flesh is in the blood. This lady's blood is draining out of her body. For 12 years, everybody gave her their best shot and they couldn't save her, couldn't do anything, couldn't fix it. That's what we do. We try everybody and anything and everyone. And we say the most dumbest thing in the world. Well, all I can do is pray. Poor you. Poor us. That's the mindset that's in us. Mark 25, 7 says, And when she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. That's all you have to do today. You, you need to push beside all those non-believers and doubters, maybe even all that's in your head. Anybody else that doesn't move, you say, I'm sorry, I've got to touch God today. I've got an issue you know not of. It's personal. It's just me. I need to reach out and touch. My God, my God, I need you now. Let God do what he does. It says a straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. We don't serve some mystical religion that we're in. She felt something. This body needs to feel something today. It's to feel the spirit of almighty God move and move upon you to where you start saying or maybe start singing, my God, my God. God, my God, I need you now. The Spirit of God starts to stir you out of your apathy or unbelief. About that other phrase, O rock, O rock of ages. I'm standing on your faithfulness. Can you do that this morning? 
Can you get up out of your pew and say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. I'm going to be dead tomorrow, but I'm going to stand on his faithfulness. And let be, let be. Oh, rock, oh, rock of ages. If we're going to go down, we're going down swinging. I'm calling upon the God of Moses. I'm calling upon the God of Jacob. And you take your cuts. Psalm 61, 2 says, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Overwhelmed means your heart is feeble, too faint, grows weak. We get there. I know what we do. Not enough strength to lift your head. I've been there, weeping in my arms, just crying. And God reminds me of the song that I'm the lifter of your head. No strength to even lift my head. Gosh, if we just believe, lead me to the rock, which is what I'm trying to do for you today. To lead you back to the rock, you get your eyes off everything else. Our God is a mountain-melting God, a Red Sea-splitting God, axe-head-floating God, dead-raising God, blind-eye-opening God, sea-walker-star-breathing God. That's what He is, your God. He's done all that, and you're sitting on all that power. But somehow we've fallen asleep when it comes to prayer. It's a moment of silence. Who said that? What demon whispered that in our ear? And we bought it and believed it. How about that song? You're the same. Do you feel that song? You're the same God. My goodness. You freed the captives then. You're freeing hearts right now. That could be you if you believe it. We get captive, captured by thoughts. All sorts of things capture us and make us pretty much useless. Doubt sets in. Song says, you are the same God. You are the same God. You touched the lepers then. I feel your touch right now. I'm counting on that when we sing that song again. I'm counting on if you do your part, if you believe and just play the card of faith, you'll start to feel something. You'll start to sense something. Maybe your wife will elbow you. You I, I think we ought to go down and let God do what He does. It says, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. This is the house of the Lord. Two or three, I'm in the midst. God's in the house. He's in the house right now. That's what this garden tells us, all these promises. That you're to tend, keep, believe, cultivate, produce, harvest. You have to do your part. Psalmist says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And it says, and cried unto my God. 
This is one time I want a baby to cry real loud. And they're not. Have you ever heard, have you heard noiseless crying? Have you heard, uh, baby, what's your name? Just uh, cry quietly one minute. Give me a crying moment of silence, please. Isn't that dumb? Even if the nurturing mother's going, that baby wants something, he's belting it out. Doesn't care where he is, doesn't care if he's annoying you. He's crying out for help. Shouldn't we? Part in that song says, I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. My calling upon the Holy Spirit is, Lord, don't let new hope become average. Don't let us be average, God. I hope you understand what I mean by that. Don't let new hope slumber, God. Don't let us drift off like a full Thanksgiving meal while thousands are slipping off into hell. We're sitting right here on 40. We could be a beacon. But it's all, everything is wrapped around how we go after it in prayer. The Lord says, what about his house? My house shall be a house of prayer. Worship is great. Preaching is great, but God wants you to cry out to him. I'm calling on the God of David who made a shepherd boy courageous. You need made courageous today? You need to have strength to face the world? The world's doing its thing, and God told you what the world was going to do so you would know when you see it. Not that you would cower, but you would turn up the notch. Say, enough of that. We're doing this now. Jeremiah tells us all the time for years, call unto me and I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer you. Let's have our band back again, please. Last scripture I'm going to give you, then we're going to play this song again, and I hope the song means more to you than the first time around. I hope you start seeing yourself in that song. Oh, God, oh, God, I need you. I need you now, God. The situations that have broken your heart, the situations that are weighing you down, the situations that seem hopeless to you, the children, the family members, the aunts, the uncles, the grandmas, the grandpas, all the stuff that seems hopeless and lost, See it in this song. He's the same God. I'm the same God. Tells us in Hebrews, Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Let's stand as we get ready. Listen, I need some callers. I need some God chasers. I need some people who are going to say, you know what, I'm going to call upon God with you. I'm going to lock arms with you. Some callers upon God. You are the same God. 
I'm calling on the Holy Spirit, the song says. Listen, I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me again. So I'm asking you, as this song plays, I hope you're stirred to move and stand at these altars and lift your arms and whichever verse speaks to you, you let it speak.